The NFL Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is brought to you by Shady Rays. SGPN is teaming up with Shady Rays for Shady May. Get 50% off your Shady Rays using promo code SGPN. Then go to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash shady for your chance to win $500. I'm just about that action, boss. Welcome in to another episode of the NFL Gambling Podcast here on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. Full crew again, Ryan McIntyre, Justin Mark in to talk about the NFL draft. Yes, it happened. Folks went off the board. Surprising things, not surprising things. It was a couple of days full of just crazy mania. We are here to break down the NFC because as we discussed over the, the beginning part of this show as we were trying to figure out how we wanted to tackle the draft, we thought, now let's go over all 32 teams, and then we'd be here till tomorrow, so we might as well just uh, break it down for you guys by conference, by division, so that we can uh, make it bite-sized for everyone to digest. So, gentlemen, welcome in. The draft is over. How are we feeling? Doing good, you know, and we're just going to do Washington, San Francisco, and Chicago for the next five days. Screw all the other 29 teams, so... Feel good, man. We are 10 days away from the schedule release, so that's the next big event in the NFL. It goes free agency start date, NFL draft uh, start date, then you get the schedule, and the next thing you know, we'll be at training camp doing division previews again on the NFL Gambling Podcast. Yeah, the the draft was, you know, it's always a good time of year. It's always exciting to watch, especially when you're looking at what your team gets. Um, I walked away a little, just slightly disappointed in the Bears draft, which usually I'm very pumped up from, but maybe I'm just, uh, as I'm diving more into the the analysis and everything, maybe I'm just becoming more realistic. Maybe that's really what it is. Maybe that's why I'm not as pumped, but um, hopefully it works out for the Bears. We'll see. You know, I, I, I had mixed feelings. Obviously, not having a pick in the first uh, in the first round sort of takes you out of the action, right? I mean, just, just like you're watching, and you're like, okay. That, that's fun. I'm God, glad for you. Glad for everybody. Let's let's just get on to the next round. But um, I don't know. We took a wide receiver. We took a tight end and just kind of. Uh, but I mean, we'll get into all that in a second. Obviously, all three of our teams are in the NFC. So we're going to talk through that all. Um, but just overall takeaways before we kind of dive in specifically to the C. Were there any gigantic surprises to you that really just kind of caught you off guard? I think you got to go to Houston, who made the splash right away. Uh, obviously, taking Stroud, there was rumors that they might go Levis or Richardson at two or Anderson. They ended up getting both Stroud and Anderson, giving up some future draft capital. It's almost like the Texans feel like they can win a little bit this year, being in that bad division. So, because I mean, you give up your first round pick next year, you don't want that to be a top five pick. So, it's important or it's imperative that they are competitive and have a chance to win that division so that they're not kicking themselves next April. Um, and then, unfortunately for me, Philadelphia just continues to dominate the draft. Uh, Howie Roseman, I mean, it feels like everybody's playing checkers and he's playing chess. 
You mean the the Philadelphia Bulldogs, right? They're no longer yeah, the Eagles. they're bulldog of the draft <laughs> these last couple of years. My God. Yeah. Um. No, I agree with the Texans. We'll get into that more on the AFC pod, mm-hmm. I'm sure. But I felt like they got the best quarterback in the draft and the best player in the draft in Will Anderson. So just to get those back to back, it's a huge kind of turn for the franchise that has been struggling. Um. The other like big takeaway for me is. I hated seeing all these Iowa players go to other NFC North teams. I mean, <laughs> the the Lions got two, the Packers got one. It's like, come on, can we either keep them out of the NFC North or have them go to the Bears? Come on, guys. <laughs> Definitely not the Packers for you. Right? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah it's going to be interesting. I mean, obviously, some of these rookies will start right away. Some of these will have to sit. Um, not as long as Will Levis, but uh, some will have to sit. Boy, that guy, that that was my one takeaway from the draft. And what cracks me up is that, so we're watching the draft, right? And and every like five seconds, are, they're cutting to, to Levis in that first round. And, you know, there he is sitting with all sorts of uh, females by his side. And my, my daughter walks by and goes, is there, is that a different one? I was like, oh, well, maybe that's, that's how these guys work. Um, listen, all I got to say is that, well, I was happy a couple of in my, my draft pick props. I was pretty uh, uh, pleased. I had um, I had Levis going after uh, Anthony Richardson. That happened, so thankfully. And then, of course, the, the wide receiver run there in the middle of it where four got taken in a row. I had over three and a half receivers taken in round one. Thankfully, that came to fruition too, but um, <laughs> yeah, that was, that was pretty crazy. Um, all right, Justin. Let's start getting down and dirty. You said you have the grades for each of these. So we'll start in the NFC. Where, where do you want to take us first? Which NFC team do you want to, to talk about the grade? And let's talk about their picks and how we feel. Oh, boy. I don't have it pulled up just quite yet. Um, why don't we just start with the uh, the NFC East, though? We'll start in Ryan's division. There we go. <laughs> let's do that. Let's do that. Um, all, right, all right. Well, then let's start. One with, second. With I'll pull this up. Wants. Yeah, no worries. Um, well, let's talk about the, a, uh, the NFC East and you talked about it, Philly, right? Definitely, uh, leading the charge in that one, uh, taking Jalen Carter with, uh, with the ninth or the ninth pick overall. I mean, <laughs> the rich just keep getting richer, right? Unfortunately. Um, yeah, I mean, back-to-back years where they've gotten a Georgia Bulldog defensive lineman in the first round, Davis slipped last year. Now you pair him with Carter in the middle and then you look later in the first round, they're able to get Nolan Smith. He kind of slid, I guess, because um, he was a little bit undersized is what guy said. But I, I like his I liked his production at Georgia. And, I mean, all you had to do was flip on the TV and you saw Georgia in a big game over the last two years led by that defense. So I think whenever you can add a, up on a Georgia Bulldogs or Alabama Crimson Tide defensive players, it's always a safe bet. All right, I'm good now, ready to roll. I gave them a B plus, um, and here's why. I thought the Philadelphia Eagles were going to take a step back on defense this year. I was worried about that because of the pieces they lost and because they lost their D coordinator. After this draft, I no longer feel that way. I feel like they added excellent help in the fact that they're just going to pick up right where they left off in Jalen Carter, in Nolan Smith, even Texas defensive end, Amoro Ojomo in the seventh. I kind of thought he was going to go in the fifth or sixth. So to get him in the seventh, I thought was great value. Um, and yeah, I have them winning this division as far as grades go. So props off to the Eagles, but 
this team, they were good last year, and I think they're just going to continue to be good. So then I guess the question is, I mean, did anybody improve in that NFC East to to even pull it all uh, alongside of the Eagles yet? What what picks did they make? Did any team make that, that stood out to you that maybe is going to help them catch them? I think the other thing with the Eagles in the draft, it's not who they drafted. They also were able to get DeAndre Swift from Detroit in a trade with for draft capital. So they've done this back-to-back years now with A.J. Brown and now DeAndre Swift adding another impact guy to that talented backfield where it seems like they just have running backs for days that they could just trot out there three, four deep at that position because they know they're going to be playing deep into December and January. Uh, Jay Mark, what do you think about that in, in terms of – did anybody – I mean, I, I thought Dallas had a decent draft. Uh, we'll, we'll get into Washington here in a minute. Do you think Dallas closed the gap at all or even kept the gap small in terms of uh, keeping up with Philly? Because they weren't that much worse than Philly last year. They only finished two games back. I know we like to shit on the Dallas Cowboys on this podcast, but they do have a talented roster. Yeah, they do. Uh, real quick on the Donner Swift, I – Everybody loves Donner Swift, and I do not. I think he has injury issues, so I guess if he's on workload management, it's good for the Eagles, but I worry about his health long-term. <clears throat> Excuse me. The uh, the Cowboys, I, I was kind of torn on their draft. I mean, Maisie Smith, one of the strongest players in the draft, but I thought 26 was a little high. Uh, Luke Schoonmaker, 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 however you want to say it. I heard the announcers call him Schoonmaker, and I did not think that was right. But um, <laughs> I thought 58 was a big reach for him. So I wasn't crazy for their draft. The commanders did some good things. I think, you know, adding the cornerback, Emmanuel Forbes, was good. And they got some good uh, offensive line help. And then the Giants, uh, I think Jalen Hyatt in the third is going to be an absolute playmaker for them. And I think Eric Gray lets them not just give the ball to Saquon every rushing play as well. So everybody did some good things, uh, some bad things, except the Eagles. I couldn't find many flaws in their draft, but uh, I, I just, I really don't know. I was, I was set that the giants were going to win this division. I thought the Eagles are going to take a step back. Giants are going to take a step forward. I'm just not sure. Now this is going to be another clustered uh, year. I think where everybody's in it. Apologies uh, for all of that drumming noise, guys. When you open up different tabs, they make noise. So, uh, <laughs> unfortunately, that's the unprofessionalness of me uh, today. I apologize for that. But uh, I will say I am disappointed that Dallas did not take a, their tight end. Uh, that was that was a big surprise to me um, yeah. that Dallas did not take uh, the tight end that was sitting there on the board for them. And uh, that was Kincaid right out of Notre Dame. Um that, that I felt like they should have. Oh, that was Kincaid got taken. He's Utah. Uh, I, I felt like they should have taken a tight end in their position. So that was the only disappointment for me for uh, for Dallas. I mean, they lost Dalton Schultz. You got a good tight end right out of the jump sitting there on the board and, and you go uh, defense. And I and I heard the conversation in the war room that they had uh, when, when uh, they were trying to decide. So they were happy with it. I suppose that's just uh, that's not why I'm not a GM, right? Jerry world and hey uh, Jay Mark were you surprised that Washington did not go offense till the third round Eric Bieniemy comes over obviously he's got some toys on the outside with McLaurin Dotson and Samuel but I was a little surprised as a Washington fan that they went defense defense in the secondary I know they 
they're kind of just looking at it and be like, hey, man, we got to be able to guard Philly and Dallas with these with these explosive offenses that could be in the division. I like the kid Forbes from Mississippi State, led the country in pick sixes. And then I like Jartavius Martin as well, but I was surprised that they waited till the third round to address the offensive line, especially with the young quarterback and Sam Howell or Jacoby Brissett, whichever uh, option they decide to go with. Yeah, not addressing the line earlier was a little bit of a surprise, but I think um, maybe it's a testament to what how the coaches feel about this team. I mean, yeah. we know they're set at wide receiver. The running back room is solid, so maybe they think that that's all they need for Sam Howell or Brissett to succeed and that the line will come together well enough. Nine to <sighs> one to win the division. Let's go. <laughs> I'm telling you, it's going to be nuts. Uh, all right, we got to step away real quick to tell you about uh, one of our illustrious sponsors. When we come back, we'll continue to break down the NFC for the draft recap purposes. But first, let's tell you about Shady Rays. Shady Rays is teaming up with SGPN for Shady May. Not only do you get amazing 50% off, an amazing 50% off deal, but you also have a chance to win $500. As always, Shady Rays has got you covered from the sun to the slopes. With premium polarized shades, customizable snow goggles, so much more. They got durable frames, extremely clear optics for outdoor adventures, and flats not all. Shady Rays offers the most insane production in all of eyewear. Every single pair of sunglasses you buy is backed by lost and broken replacements. That means if you lose it five seconds after you buy it, you sit down on them as you're getting into the car after you get them out of the box. Doesn't matter. They're going to replace them for free, and they won't even ask you why. You'll know. We'll know, but they don't even need to know. So that's the best part of this whole thing. Always got your back. Plus, if you don't love them, exchange them for free within 30 days or even return them. There's no risk when you shop with Shady Rays. They always got your back. Go to ShadyRays.com. Use code SGPN for 50% off of two or more pairs of polarized sunglasses. Then take your receipt to SportsGamblingPodcast.com slash Shady for your chance to win the $500 Shady May contest. Shady May. Real quick before you move to the next division, Rod, sorry to interrupt you. Um, I just wanted to real quick give the grades out. So the grades that I gave in this article were based on who they drafted and when they drafted them and team needs, basically. So the Dallas Cowboys got a C minus. The and I was not. I saw one. Um, well, I won't name the organization, but one of those you know big four letter organizations that everybody looks at, and they gave everybody A's and B's. It's like no, you got a you got a grade uh, a lot lower than that. So Giants got a B, Eagles got a B plus, and the Commanders. Sorry, Ryan got a C minus. Hey, it's passing. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> we'll take passing. it. Let's go, baby. These get degrees, right? If Snyder sells the team next week, you bump us up to a C plus. <laughs> there you go. Uh, all right, let's uh, let's move on down to the NFC. Let's go to the NFC West. Let's go to the other side of the country, the NFC West. Uh, as we know, the Arizona Cardinals uh, took Paris Johnson with their pick of the draft, um, and that pretty much began the the AFC West picking. Uh, this offensive lineman, I had him going, uh, I think, a little bit higher even. But, uh, you know, the Cardinals have him now. They got to protect Kyler Murray. <laughs> Did they do that? I don't know. We'll find out. Uh, but general takeaways from the NFC West, guys. Who improved? Who did not improve? What picks did you think kind of stood out to you? I think uh, you got to say Arizona had a good draft. To be able to get the Houston Texans' first-round pick next year, 
while being able to trade back and then come back and get uh, the offensive tackle that they really wanted to get. Job well done by them. I, I know we were harsh on the Arizona Cardinals in our NFC West uh, draft preview of the state of this organization, clearly in a rebuild uh, rebuild phase. But I think that they got to be the biggest winner in part in this division that the Niners and Seahawks are kind of set and or sorry, the Niners are mainly set and, and the Rams just don't have any picks because of the way that they just have completely foregone the draft and just gone all in on free agency and trades. Um, love what Seattle did as well. I mean, Seattle to be able to get uh dress corner and then another wide receiver for Geno Smith. I mean, get Witherspoon and Smith, the Jeeba Seattle's going to give you a run next year. I think Rod, I, I like what they're doing quietly this off season. Uh, I don't like it. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, I do. I think they. I think they played a smart game. I really, honestly yeah. believe that Seattle knew. Obviously, when when you got Geno Smith, you know what you have in Geno Smith. So you know you're going to go ahead and and build around that. And I think they gave him some really great pieces to uh to to work with. So I'm a little nervous, but you know whatever. That's that's just the way it is, and that's fine because I wouldn't want to run all over the division to be boring. <laughs> yeah. Um. For me, Arizona, I, I think Paris Johnson Jr. is a great tackle, and I think he's going to do well in the NFL. Mm-hmm. But everywhere you looked before the draft, nowhere thought nobody thought tackle was a need for the Arizona Cardinals. So that surprised me a little bit. I love the trade. I think he's a great player. It just surprised me that that's where they decided to go. Um, but I, overall, I think you know he's a good pick. B.J. Ojolari is a good pick. Garrett Williams and Michael Wilson, those are interesting because those are both guys that are are um, coming off of injuries and have had struggled with injuries. So now they're taking a stab on two guys that hopefully they can remain healthy. The Rams, I thought, botched the whole thing. Um, I, I I really felt like they, they had a good pick and then a reach and then a good pick and then a reach. And it really just flipped back and forth. I mean, Stetson Bennett in the fourth round was crazy to me. Um, the Niners, sorry, Rod, I did give them a C. Um, I, I thought they did good. It's just a matter of you don't pick until the late in the third round. So it's hard to really grade high because you're not getting good players. I think Jair Brown, the safety is good, but taking the kicker at 99 was interesting to me. Granted, I know then they didn't pick again while well, they had the one one but then they don't pick again until the fifth round. The Seahawks are who I think in this division killed it. Devin Witherspoon, he was my second-ranked cornerback, so taking him as the first cornerback off the board was interesting, but JSN is going to make that uh, offense great. Derek Hall is going to be good on defense. Zach Charbonnet, terrible move fantasy-wise, but a great football move, right? Yeah. I mean, now they have Cream Walker and – uh, Charbonnet, that's going to be a really good uh, running back room. Um, could, so, yeah, I think the Seahawks won this one. Could you imagine doing a actual fantasy football draft and not having a first-round pick and then really you know, <laughs> having a couple of seconds? I mean, I, I couldn't even imagine trying to, to go, but I guess if you're doing a dynasty and that it may not hurt that much, but, like, you know, if you already have players on your team. Because, again, really, honestly, I don't know about taking a backup tight end. I kind of... I mean, I know Kittle gets hurt, so I guess you need to have, you know, a good solid guy there. But yeah, I mean, again, what were what were they going to do? They're they're stacked almost everywhere else. It's just it's hard to it's hard to say this was a bad draft, and I, I think that's fair. I think C is a fair grade for them because, you know, wh- what are you going to do at that point? You're not getting any of the the five star recruits in the first round. You know, you're sort right. of stuck with what you got. But 
Yeah. And the kicker, we'll see. We got to replace Robbie Gold, man. That dude's I been know. around forever. <laughs> I And you asked this question in the last division, the NFC East, if anybody closed the gap with the draft um, to, with the Eagles. And we all kind of just said not with the draft. I think the Seahawks closed the gap a little bit on the Niners. They don't have the star power that the Niners have. The Niners have all these those studs, Bosa, uh, McCaffrey, and, and the big names. But the, the Seahawks are quietly building out a deep roster, and it's amazing. You get rid of Russell Wilson, you get draft capital, get a top five corner or top five pick and use it on a shutdown corner, Weatherspoon. Then you get arguably the best receiver in the draft too, a guy to pair with Lockett. And uh, Metcalf, I mean, give Gino some more options. And then I just talked about the first round. I mean, Derek Hall from Auburn, another pass rusher to go with that defense. Yeah, the Seahawks, I'm with you, J-Mark, had a really, really good draft. Pete Carroll's quietly building that uh, organization right back up in thanks to Russell Wilson uh, and getting all that draft capital for him. Yeah, for sure. Um, One other thing for the 49ers, I will say I'm going to do a little pat on the back in my mock draft. I had him taken – Darrell Luter, the cornerback, and they took him. So when you get a late round guy in your mock drafts that goes to the right team, that feels like a win. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but no, the the Seahawks are building well. I mean, I think this will all ride on can Geno perform how he did last year now that he got paid, pressure's kind of on. Um, but it, I think they are they're really gonna give the Niners a run for the money. Niners are still an excellent team. Very well coached. They have a lot of uh, a lot of pieces, and you forgot the best the best person on their team, Ryan and Brockhard Purdy. Um, yep. Yeah, no <laughs> doubt. But, uh, but yeah, um, this is going to be an interesting division between the Niners and the Seahawks. I don't think the Cardinals and Rams are going to push them for first in the division, but it'll definitely be interesting to watch these two teams duke it out. What do you What do you think, Rod? Do you think the Seahawks are going to overtake them? Uh, not overtake, but I think they're going to make it very, very interesting. And like you said, it's going to be a two horse race down the stretch. And, and honestly, that's the way they intended it to. I mean, that, that's really why the Seahawks have built the way they have, they know they've got to beat the Niners. And so that they're coming after them and, and it's going to be a fun race down the stretch. It really will. And I, and it'll be fun to watch this all play out and see if, if maybe the third receiver there will, will help, uh, exploit the Niners secondary, which is probably, I would say out of everything, the weakest part of their game. So um, that's where we're at with the NFC West. we got to take a, take another break real quick. Come back. We'll get to a couple more divisions and break those down for you. Well, let's tell you about Underdog Fantasy because we're brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. Best Ball Mania 4, right? That's what the IV is in front of it. Yeah, that's what the Roman numeral for 4 is. Uh, is here, and Underdog Fantasy is giving away $15 million in prizes. You heard that right, $15 million. Plus, plenty of ways to win with NBA, NHL, and MLB with their player prop parlays. If you want to get in, head over to underdogfantasy.com. Use the promo code SGPN for a 100% deposit bonus up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com, promo code SGPN. It's Kentucky Derby Week, and the notorious OTB brought to you by the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is here for all of your triple crown bets. Listen, if you haven't listened to our boy, uh, Chase over there at the OTB. You got to give that a listen. So much fun. So much horse racing knowledge. He knows it so you don't have to. So go get your picks for sure. Plus, leave a review for the show wherever you get your podcast between now and Belmont Sunday, uh, Saturday, June 10th. You're going to get entered into a drawing to win a canvas print 
of the Wolf of Oaklawn's one-of-a-kind Fallen Bob painting. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, it is post-time. I love this network. I, I got to tell you, listen, and I, I don't want to be a homer, but I have to be a homer for this network because we have some of the most creative contests and content creators that the space occupies. It just, I mean, you guys have listened to Chase, love the guy, but to give out one of his own, Fallen Bob, <laughs> nowhere else are you going to get that kind of contest uh, uh, swag out there. Not at all. The Wolf, you can't go wrong listening to the Wolf of Oaklawn. <laughs> Love, love the Derby. Um, all right. This will be the first year, though, that I'm not writing a, a Kentucky Derby uh, article, and it feels kind of weird. I want to I want to <laughs> get to it. Maybe I need to talk to somebody to get that done. Um, all right. Let's move to the NFC North, then. Let's take a trip up to the NFC North. Uh, I love how you had that cute already. That's, it's unfortunate. <laughs> um, all right. So for the NFC North, obviously, uh, losing Aaron Rodgers now frees up a ton of, of things for uh, the rest of it. But uh, Justin, I, I suppose, did your Bears do you well? Are you happy? Uh, what do you, what do you take away with this uh, draft for the NFC North and your Bears in, in particular? I, you know, I'm really on the fence, and I graded them as a C minus. It's uh, I think the lowest grade. Yep, lowest grade in this division. Uh, maybe I'm being harsh on them, but I, I like the Darnell Wright pickup. I think he's good. I just I don't know if I like him there. And then we took two defensive tackles in the second and third that are guys that are known for having all the ability, all the athletic ability, but not putting it all together on paper yet. That concerns me because what if you can't get them there? The cornerback was good. Um, I liked picking up Roshan Johnson, the running back, and Tyler Scott at wide receiver. I think those guys will be able to play well. Noah Sewell, that's Penny Sewell's brother. Um, he's got a high motor. And then we went cornerback defensive tackle cornerback no edge rusher and that was our biggest need coming into this draft um i don't like passing on jalen carter i know he's got the legal issues and polls didn't confirm it but he said we considered everybody's character i, I understand that but i think he's one of the best players in the draft you had a chance to grab him at nine you grab him because really all they gained was a fourth round next year to me that's not enough to pass on jalen carter so I was really conflicted on this. I mean, on paper, if you look at these guys' athleticism and ability, it looks good. But whether they can put that together on the field is yet to be seen um, because they couldn't every play in college. That's my takeaway for the Bears. You want me to keep going, or do you guys want to <laughs> tell me if you, what you thought of the Bears? <laughs> Ryan, what do, you, what do you got for for Justin? As, as to unmute himself. Yeah, no, I like, I like Darnell Wright a lot. I I liked him in, in college, and I think that that was the number one need for Justin Fields is getting a tackle to protect his blind side. We say saw a year and a year or uh, game after game this year where he just was running running from the opposing pass rushers like a chicken with his head cut off because they just simply could not protect him. Sometimes for the thrill of the game, where he would break off an eighty yard run <laughs> just on a broken play. I'll go to your division rival though. So Aaron Rodgers uh, doesn't have to take this personally. The Packers just don't draft offensive guys in the first round. I guess it's like <laughs> against what they do up there. So Rodgers, it's not just you. The only guy that they ever take in the first round is a quarterback, uh, Jordan Love, and then Rodgers once upon a time. They went with uh, your guy uh, from Iowa, Lucas Van Ness, which I like, but I thought that they would at least, I thought they would try and help out Jordan Love, get him a tight end, maybe another wide receiver just to – 
help smooth this transition from Rodgers to Love, but I guess they're not going that route. Yeah, no, I agree with you on that we needed a, a left tackle. Everything I'm reading says they plan on putting him at the right tackle. Um, and that really? I didn't think, yeah, I didn't think we yeah. needed that right tackle position. Um, I agree with you on the Packers where they don't take an offensive guy until the second round with Luke Musgrave. I don't think he was the top tight end on the board at the time. Then they take Jaden Reed, which seemed like a reach in the second. And then they mm -hmm. took another tight end. And then they take Sean Clifford as a backup plan. And Sean Clifford's not going to help anybody. I'm not afraid of these Packers. These no longer <laughs> are a team that I'm like worried about. Um, I, I do like the selection of Lucas Van Ness. He's, he's a monster. Uh, really, I think the Lions, despite reaching on two players in the first yeah. round, I think they had a pretty solid draft um, with Jameer Gibbs, Jack Campbell, Sam Laporta, Brian Branch, and then Hendon Hooker, who I think can be their franchise quarterback. You know, it gives him time to be healthy behind Goff and to uh, rest that in that leg he had. He tore his ACL, I believe, and um, to kind of really take over the reins, whether it be next year or two years from now. Rod, what would you think of the division and the, the guys drafted here? Well, I was going to ask you, do they miss Swift? That's, that's the thing. Like, do they miss? swift when he goes and and like what does this do to the team that's that's really ultimately what my whole thing was is obviously they felt like they could get rid of him so they did um mm -hmm. well interesting to see how that plays out i thought jordan addison was a uh, uh interesting landing spot over there in minnesota obviously we know yeah. adam thielen is is gone so now it's justin jefferson and uh, just another in my opinion justin jefferson-esque type of a receiver in addison right i mean these are two explosive receivers who who do things well so maybe Kirk Cousins uh has another weapon at it because Thielen was good right Thielen was was good and he was he was a good receiver that we all loved and and yeah. for fantasy purposes especially but now it feels like these two young guys obviously we know Justin Jefferson's a beast in his own right you know so now you put Addison there alongside of him uh, it just gives Kirk Cousins two really powerful wide receivers and and if any team i think is going to make a run at this division now i think it's the north i think it's the north i think it's the norsemen uh the the vikings that may sit on top of this just given what they still have you know and now they added to it i feel like with that first round pick um the bears and everybody else i think are chasing the vikings now if if kirk cousins can take advantage of what he has I still worry about Minnesota defensively because that was kind of our big knock on them. And then I like, I'm with you, Rod. I like pairing Addison with Jefferson, mentoring him, kind of like uh, how uh, Jefferson replaced Diggs. They've, they, and then Randy Moss once upon a time. So, like, they've had the Vikings a really good track record of taking these first-round wide receivers. So, it seems like Addison is going to be the next guy. And Kirk Cousins has plenty of weapons um, obviously they got Hawkinson at the trade deadline as well. So just plenty of weapons there in Minnesota, man. I did not like the Jameer Gibbs pick for Detroit. And we kind of joked about how going in the draft, we're like, man, I don't remember Detroit ever being in this good a position where they were nine and eight last year. Then they got four picks in the top 45. So what do they do? They take a running back with the 12th <laughs> overall pick that they probably could have got at 30 or somewhere. So I was not a fan of that. I mean, I thought if you wanted to go that route, trade back, get, uh, gain some more picks. I think you still could um, sure up your defensive secondary a little bit um, as well. But yeah, well, well, I think this draft for the Lions will ultimately be graded on is 
will Hendon Hooker be the guy ultimately? Because I think they get him in the third round because of his injury history. I don't think they want Jared Goff as their long-term answer. He's a nice bridge guy. He's done a good job coming over from the Stafford trade, kind of bridging it, um, being being a solid vet and keeping them competitive. But if they're going to take the next step, they need a dynamic quarterback to pair with those wide receivers in that uh, rushing attack. Yeah, um, to piggyback off your question, Rod, is Jameer Gibbs enough? I think I think he's going to do well enough because this is a guy that can line up as a running back wide receiver. I mean, he can go all over. And they got David Montgomery, who I think is still a solid running back that can contribute. Um, I know I'm not a pro scout. I know that, but I still like to make my little my little rankings of who I think in the draft. Uh, Hennon Hooker was my third ranked quarterback. So to get him in the third round, uh, I thought was amazing. And then going to the Vikings, I agree with you, Ryan. Like, I think they nailed every offensive pick in this draft. Jordan Addison, Jaron Hall out of BYU could develop into being a really good backup, if not even take over. He's got a lot of skill there. And then Dwayne McBride out of UAB. But on defense, it just seemed like they reached on every player. And I don't think they got anybody that's going to be able to step in and help improve that defense right away. Yeah, no, I, I, I'm completely with you. It, it just back to the Lions. It just felt like they just had to prove like they wanted to prove that they were smarter than everybody with a couple of their picks. But yeah, I agree with you with Minnesota. Um, defensively, they're still a big time question mark. We'll see if some regression happens with all those close games that they won last year. It just to me, it, this shakes out like I said, as as Minnesota, this is their division, and then the Bears will chase after. Um, but past that, I'm not scared of the Lions. Really, not scared of the Lions uh, at all. So, um, all right, let's turn our attention to the NFC South. <clears throat> Carolina shocking nobody with their first overall pick. Although I did see tons of mocks where Bryce Young did not go first, and. You know, I, I saw people trying to get cute, trying to be the the guy that I, I called it. I, did, I said Bryce Young wasn't going to go first, right? Because really, that's let's face it. That's all you were trying to do at that point if you're not taking Bryce Young with your first overall pick in any mock draft. So, um, again, not surprised to anything. But was it the right pick? Let's let's We knew it was the obvious pick, and Justin's already shaking his head. Because, listen, sometimes – the obvious pick is not always the right pick for the team, right? And sometimes I feel like teams get pressured into this, you know, hype and they know that the best player on the board, you got to take it, right? But it may not be the right fit for your team. You traded up for this pick. You had to make it right. So, so Justin, I, I saw you. I want to go to you because you were, you're shaking your head. Why was Bryce Young not the right pick for the Carolina Panthers? Yeah, so, I mean, I graded him a B just because I wanted to grade them face value with the pick. Everybody was saying Bryce Young was a top quarterback and he should go. I don't I think in four or five years Bryce Young is a backup. I his size scares me. I think with these big guys, and I know they said, well, size has never been a problem in his life ever. Well he's never played in the NFL. And that the NFL you have big, powerful guys that are going to hit you if not every play, every other play. And 
I just, I don't think he's going to be able to withstand that long-term. So I worry about that and them taking the, the smallest quarterback drafted in the modern era of the NFL draft, right? I mean, they kept saying six foot. No, he's 5'10 and three-eighths of an inch. He is not six foot. He's 197 pounds or something. This is a small guy. And I just, I'm concerned because we see these, these quarterbacks take so many hits, even big guys like Fields. They take and hurts Jalen hurts, take hits and they get injured. And that's what I think is going to happen here. I think personally, I think they should have taken Stroud, the big bodied quarterback who I think is ready to lead. And I also quarterbacks out of Alabama scare me. I mean, I think Tua needed a great offensive line and two of the fastest receivers before he really started looking like a franchise quarterback. Right. I don't think Mac Jones looks like a quarterback. And this guy's from the same offense that Mac Jones came out of and had a worse record. So I'm just not sold on him personally. So that's saying saying young is 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 six foot is like saying I'm five five uh, for, for sure. And plus he's taking hits from guys like Bosa. He's taking hits from guys like Donald. You know that these guys are not they're relentless, man. So yeah, I, I had to throw that in there, Ryan. <laughs> no, I I think that's hilarious. I I, I kind of lean with with J Mark that I am worried about. Bryce Young's size, I'm not going to lie. I think we see it with these little guys. They they wear down. I mean, Kyler Murray's a little guy. He's banged up going into, what, his what fifth fifth or sixth year now. So it, it, it's going to be hard for him to stay healthy and withstand hits at 5'10", which we don't even know if he's 5'10", and, and 200 pounds. So I, But he, he's talented. There's no doubt, like Kyler Murray. So, um I ultimately that's what Carolina's draft will be based upon because they traded DJ Moore to Chicago in that trade. So they gave up a lot to go get him. And ultimately it's going to come down to that. Uh, once again, to continue the running back thing, I was not a fan Atlanta going B. John Robinson at number eight. Like I, I feel like if you're going to reach for a running back, you got to be a team like Philadelphia or a team like Dallas, where you have a bunch of stuff around it already in place Atlanta is not a running back away from being a contender. They have so many bigger needs on the defensive side. I, I mean, quarterback. I mean, does anybody think Desmond Ritter is going to be the guy? Or I mean, I love Heineke as much as anybody, but you got a competition between Ritter and Heineke, and you're taking a running back in the first round. So, yeah, I was perplexed by that one, to say the least. I yeah. will say one of my favorite picks. Sorry, just now. I, I will say you're one good. of my favorite picks of the of the the division, though, was Jake Hayner going to – uh, New Orleans that I mm -hmm. I'm a Fresno state fan. So when I saw two Fresno state quarterbacks on the same team, I thought that was fantastic. Cause listen again, I don't think Hayner obviously is not there to, to, to start right away, obviously. Cause they got Derek Carr. Um, but what better way to learn this game than by somebody who played at your old college was, you know, you guys can relate. The quarterback room is probably going to be just electric. So uh, I, I'm looking forward to that for sure. Yeah. Go ahead, Ryan. No, I was going to say I, I love the Hayner pick as well. Just being the Fresno connection, the mentorship from Carr to Hayner. I loved Hayner. I thought Hayner, when they played USC, they were right there to potentially pull off the big-time upset, but he broke it. I did what he break his leg in that game. I can't remember the exact injury, but they were a completely different team this year. Um, J-Mark, what did you think of Tampa? The, the only team we haven't touched on, Tampa's draft. Um, I thought their first two picks were great. I think Kalajikansi and Cody Maj, those are really good picks. After that, it seemed like it was full of reaches. And to me, 
they didn't draft one of their biggest question marks on their roster, and that's quarterback. I have no faith in Baker Mayfield slash Kyle Trask, whoever's going to be starting. Yeah. No faith that they're going to make this team a division winner. So the fact that they didn't even address that scares me, and I don't think – I think Tampa's the bottom of the division this year. Life after Tom Brady, just like yeah. Packers. <laughs> life after Aaron Rodgers, first then, to worst. Yeah, and then the Bajan, you kind of touched on it. What's confusing is, I mean, they have Tyler Algier. They have uh, Caleb Huntley. Yeah. They had Corderell Patterson. Those guys all ran the ball very well last year. I know yeah. CP is old, but those other two, they're young guys. This is their, what, second and third year? So that was really confusing. Um, again, like you said, you're not a running back away. And if you're going to make that pick, if that's who you're sold on, surely somebody wanted to trade up to that and you can get Bajan, you know, mid first round. You got to think right now at this point, Tampa is sitting by their phones, just waiting, <laughs> just waiting for Tom Brady to pick it up and say, you know what? I'm bored. I'm sorry. Never mind. I'm coming back. It's, that's probably what they're holding out hope for. That's why they didn't go after quarterback in the draft. They're like, Tom's coming back. I know he is. I, I just know it. <laughs> He's going to Miami if he does. Yeah. Well, yeah, because <laughs> Miami gave up quite a bit to tamper with him, didn't they? Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, if anything, he probably does owe it to, to Miami to do that. But, um, yeah, I mean, look, obviously Tampa's a mess now. I mean, you go from being one of the, the favorites in the division, obviously, with Tom Brady to now just sort of, finding your identity. And I mean, sometimes you just go into full rebuild mode and I think that's, that's what's going on, but you're right about Bijan too. Uh, many, many teams did not have Atlanta addressing their running back, but I, I mean, oh, this is why I'm not a scout, right? The, the best player available. Sometimes they say you got to take that best player on the board, but I've never felt that way in fantasy drafts. Which is probably why I never really win the championship, but uh, <laughs> You know, the best player on the board is not always the best player for your team. It's just that's just the way it goes. Right. Uh, for, from a fantasy standpoint, Bijan Robinson will be a fun guy to pick because we saw with Atlanta last year, they're going to run the ball. They ran the ball like every play last year. So he's going to get his touches. It's just I don't know. It, it feels like that system. You you don't need a superstar running back, though. You 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 can kind of do it like commit by committee. Running the football was not the issue for Atlanta last year. It was about the only thing that they did well to keep him in those games where they were kind of a covering machine there for uh, the first half of the year. Yeah. As a guy who's in a dynasty league sitting with Tyler Aljar, um, I hated the move uh, <laughs> yeah, no <laughs> because doubt. his value is very depleted now, obviously. <laughs> No doubt. Yeah, no, and, and any running back that wasn't uh, back in the old days for them was was something else. Um, yeah, I mean, look, obviously there there are other picks uh, for Atlanta. They got the uh, offensive guard uh, Matthew Bergeon. They got Zach Harrison, a defensive end, cornerback, safety, uh, offensive guard. So like, you know where their draft heads were at. They, they were trying to get the best player available and then just take a bunch of other defensive guys and a couple of offensive players to go along with it. So um, this, well, I mean, we talked about it too, as far as in the, in the division recaps, this is just a yucky division guys. And I don't know if anybody wins this one. I think they're going to try like the CFL and just have a crossover winner uh, <laughs> to try to, to win this division instead of anybody from the NFC South. I, I, I kind of think it's important for Carolina to get off to a good start of Bryce Young's career too. Because you mentioned it, there's a chance that he's going to be injury prone with his size. 
I think Frank Wright coming over. So I, I think it's imperative for Carolina that they are at least competitive and have a chance to win this division because they give up a lot for, for this guy. So the last thing you want to do is go three and 14 in its rookie year. And it's like, man, do we go quarterback again next year? Since we got draft picks from them, I hope they go own 16, but uh. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. I forgot. What, what am I talking about? You have their pick. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Wow. So uh, is there any other player, any other move, any other person that we didn't touch on in the NFC part of this that, uh, that you wanted to, to bring up as, as maybe a winner or a loser or, or something. I don't, I hate that word loser, but a winner or somebody who did not come out as cleanly as somebody else did uh, in this draft. Um, I'm trying to quickly scroll through them. No, nobody I besides we... Philly really made a trade for a vet. I mean, Swift obviously going over. I don't recall anybody else in the NFC. That's a imp- strong impact player. I mean, Rodgers got traded before the draft, going from Green Bay over to New York. So that's a transition period for them. J Mark, I'm not I'm not thinking of anybody else that's worthy talking about in terms of veterans that got dealt on draft day. Yeah, I I can't think of any either, which is it's unusual. It seems like normally you Kinda see quiet. somebody move. Yeah. yeah. So then okay, let's let's talk about it this way. Let's bring it back to a, a betting standpoint then. So if we're talking about uh, our NFCs, did anybody help their their odds out? I know Philly's still at plus one fifteen to win it. We talked heavily about their draft. Um, you know, kinda going from there. Uh we talk about the um the NFC South uh and the or NFC West Niners still at minus one forty, but the Seahawks at two fifty. Does the Seahawks two fifty become <clears throat> a little more intriguing to you guys? Absolutely. I, yeah, I think it's got to end. Correct me if I'm wrong. I, I I believe Philly's odds dropped even more just at before and after this draft. I think to win the NFC, they were or to win the Super Bowl, they were nine to one. Now they're down to seven to one. So if you did like Philly before the draft, hopefully you got it at a better price because they are uh, dropping quickly. They they're definitely popular right now based off of what they've done with their uh, moves with Howie Rosen. Um, back-to-back drafts now, making good moves. Yeah. yeah I, oh, God. Sorry. Oh, I was going to say, agreed. Um, I still think 49ers, this is their division to lose, but plus 250, two and a half to one, if you like futures. Now, we've talked about it's tough because you wrap your money up all year waiting. Mm-hmm. But if you like futures, two and a half to one is good. And I'm, I'm still riding with my Bears. I wasn't exactly happy with their draft, but you know what? We got DJ Moore. We got some more offensive pieces. Um, I trust that the defensive-minded coach and Eberflus can get these defensive players who haven't quite put it all together yet. Uh, he can get them on the field and have them putting it together. So I'm going to ride with the Bears still to win the division. Yeah, they're sitting at plus three thirty right now, so not bad. Third, third favorite to win. I like the Minnesota Vikings at plus two fifty. I mean, the Lions are at plus one forty to win this. Ain't nobody betting that one. Uh, <laughs> But the Vikings sitting at plus 250, like I said earlier, I'm intrigued by that. Um, Saints are, are the favorite still at plus 110, and uh, everybody else just sort of uh, wrapped around there. I mean, Carolina's at uh, plus 350 if you think Bryce Young makes an instant mm. impact. But, um, you know, I, as far as division winners, I think those are where your best future odds are because uh, conference winners, again, I'm not I'm not seeing this being anybody but Philly, so. Um, kind of difficult to bet anybody else but Philly, maybe San Francisco. Um, but the value for for conference winners are not as good 
as division winners, in my opinion. Yeah, I like Carolina in the in the South. They were right there to win it last year. I know Carr comes over to the Saints, but the Saints have struggled to put it all together uh, for a couple years now. So I think Carolina, um, I know they gave up DJ Moore, but I like the Frank Reich hire, and I think he's been really good with young quarterbacks. So I think he'll help Bryce Young uh, navigate that first year down there in Carolina. So you think Andy Dalton's going to win the division? Oh, oh yeah, Bryce Young is going to get hurt. So you oh, think? Yeah. Andy- <laughs> oh, hey, he almost won it last year in uh, New Orleans. He's been there. Touché. Yeah, Touché. he's a good vet. He's a good vet. Oh yeah, got to have the vet. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, uh, yeah, I think we thoroughly covered this uh, NFC draft. A uh, lot of good good players going to some good teams, and then you know a lot of good players going to some teams that definitely need some help. So. You know, it's this is all this is what the offseason is all about, right? Us being able to just sit around and talk about it. We got to see him play out here in a little while, but um, breaking it down is breaking it down at this point. So, uh, all right, let's wrap this up, shall we? Uh, why don't we let everybody know? Start with Ryan, where they can find you on social media and around the SGPN network. Yeah, uh, YouTube crowd sees it right there at Moneyline underscore Mac. We are all in the Discord. Hit us up. Looking forward to a uh, fun May, June, July before uh, training camp. Can't get here fast enough. Indeed. Welcome to May. Justin, how about you? <laughs> yeah, follow me on Twitter at jmarkfootball. All my stuff is there. Indeed, yes. Do follow his old-fashioned fantasy football podcast, too, as well. I'm sorry, old-fashioned football. I, I, I want to make sure that's clear because there is an old-fashioned <laughs> fantasy out there. Don't get those confused. Uh, they haven't they show. haven't done a show since November, so I'm not worried about them. <laughs> hey, listen, <laughs> those who get the active get the get the viewers, right? So that's right. Um, <laughs> all right, follow me on Twitter at RJ Via Gomez. There's a link in the bio of everything I got going on, whether it's here, whether it's in between media, NASCAR gambling podcast coming out with an episode probably later today. In fact, if you're watching this live, uh, the race is about to end here pretty soon, and Cody and I will go live this afternoon to talk all about it. So All right, we'll be back with the AFC, and then uh, we'll do some Rookie of the Year. I don't know. We'll we'll do plenty of stuff to keep you occupied through the offseason. Keep it locked here to the NFL Gambling Podcast. So until then, I was about to say let's go racing, but it's not the NASCAR Gambling Podcast. Uh, We'll see you next time, and let it ride.